Welcome to Connect the Dots with Coach Karen. In this series, we undertake an unscripted training and coaching format to discover what it takes to find out and live out your God-given mission this side of heaven. If you've been plagued with questions about why you're here or what you're here for, you're in the right place. Be prepared to leave stuck or confused behind and follow along to gain clarity, peace, and purpose because God already knows your mission and He wants you to know it too. Welcome. Thank you for joining us in episode four of Connect the Dots with Coach Karen. We are walking through an online training called Connect the Dots with our guest, Julie, who is working on creating her own personal mission statement. If you're just popping in here, I highly recommend that you begin with episode one in order to hear her story from the beginning. In today's episode, we are traversing the landscape of values. Values are a powerful force in our life, and what's interesting is that there's a pecking order to them making your top value the one that calls most of the shots in your life. Join us as Julie identifies her top values and begins to understand how they operate in her life. Julie used the free values assessment available on my website. This online assessment has you pit one value against another until you get your prioritized list. Come see how kindness made the list but lost to integrity, as well as get introduced to Julie's future self who transforms self-denial into just a delay. Welcome back, friends, and welcome back, Julie. Julie is here. Yes. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Yes. We're so glad to have you here. And uh, for everyone that has listened to session one and session two, you know that we are just building on some really big building blocks and that the Holy Spirit has just shown up and it's just really given Julie insight, revelation, direction. And that's what this is all about, right? Julie, we're just having the Holy Spirit connect the dots. Where are you yeah. feeling right now? I'm feeling um, really encouraged. Um, like the fog is lifting, which is really great. And um, I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm excited for you too. And so we left uh, with some action steps last time. Can you share with us how those action steps went? Oh, they were so fun. They were so fun. Um, we had um, recorded on, on, I think, like on a Thursday, and I was supposed to carry out an action step on a Monday. I was going to do it on a Monday, and I could not wait. And so I did that action step <laughs> that very day. Um, I reached out to the organization here that I felt kind of called to reconnect with, and I, and I did. They were they responded immediately. It was wild. And um, so, yeah, I'm in the process of. Um, doing a couple of activities with them and helping them to meet some needs that they have. And just very excited about that. Well, I mean, talk about excitement and the fact that she immediately replied to you is like, wow, I'm impressed. God is going before, right? Yes. And if it wasn't enough, just the conversation we had, and I just feel like this was like a, just a Holy Spirit synchronicity that happened um, that day in the mail. I received like a letter from that organization, but it just was, which I would have you know received any day, you know, and, and I would have still re- uh, responded to that letter, but it just was kind of like a layering effect of things that um, day. Holy Spirit synchronization. I love that. I mean, that's what we talked about last session. It's just like the Holy Spirit in you and your gifts reaching out and synchronizing and resonating between someone else. And so, oh my word, the orchestration and the synchronization of the Holy Spirit. I'm just so grateful to be a part of it, Julie. So thanks for having us here. Yeah. You also did journaling. Did you get your journaling done? That was one of your actions. Yes, I did. That's good. 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 So are you ready to share with us your summary statement for step two, which is where and who you would serve? Yes. Um, So uh, my summary statement is, I feel compelled to help women uncover design and live their something more life. It gives me joy to help women live their most abundant life in Christ. Oh, that's full. That's rich. My my (laughs) pen didn't get past compelled to because my mouth just dropped. Say that again. That was beautiful. I feel compelled to help women 
uncover, design, and live their something more life. It gives me joy to help women live their most abundant life in Christ. Oh, my word. Okay. I just got chills. I just got chills. That happened. I mean, that just happened with the Holy Spirit through the last session. All right. That just gives me juice for our next step. (laughs) Our next step is your motivation and we explore values. And so in this step, the training has you do an assessment. This is my assessment that's on my website. And it has you pick 10 words. It gives you a list of words to choose from. You can choose your own words if you want to add them in. And then it has you pit them against one another to actually figure out the pecking order of your values because values don't walk arm in arm. They're just not scattered on a table and you pick one up here or there. There's a pecking order. So as values represent what's important to you, they define our character and supply purpose and meaning to our life and work. And they influence the decisions that we make. This is the big one. This is where the pecking order comes in because that's how we make decision is by the pecking order of our values. So Julie, are you ready to jump into this step? Yes. And I have to say, so I don't know that I ever thought that values were equal, you know, that they walked arm in arm, but it was a little bit of an eye opener for me taking the assessment to really think and really process what it meant that some things I do value, there are values of value more. Yes, (laughs) yes. And also that test was not easy, Karen, just so you know, because when it gets down to what matters to you more, integrity or kindness, I was like, this is not kind of her to make me have to choose between these two things. And you did though, didn't you? I did. I did because I had to. But I felt like there was a little peace for me in those moments because then some of these values encapsulate attributes of those other values that mean the thing, same thing to me. So I did not feel bad to, after I, I thought about it. it didn't, I didn't feel like a, an evil person choosing <laughs> integrity over kindness. Yeah, it's not Sophie's choice. You still, right. you still keep integrity and you still keep t- kindness. But we'll explore the impact of that and which one won out and how that looks in your life. So really good point to start with because that's what values do. So are you feeling comfortable to share with us your 10 values and the order of your values. Yes. So do you want me to start at the top or the bottom? Whichever one you want to start with. Okay. Well, I'll start at the bottom. Okay. Kindness. (laughs) (laughs) Kindness lost a lot of the wars. Um, (laughs) um, So kindness at the bottom, uh, followed by, or going up the line, uh, personal growth, financial security, communication, Friendship, truth, self-discipline, honesty, integrity, and spiritual growth at the top. Okay. And spiritual growth is number one. All right. So we talked about this pecking order impacting decision makings. Can you see decisions in your life that you've made based on this pecking order? Yes. How did that play out? It was hard. Sometimes sometimes the next right thing is hard. Mm. You know, or when you're choosing kind of like I was saying early, earlier, when you're choosing between good and better, it is hard. And so in the moment, it was challenging. But at the end of the day, I could see how it was the best. Mm-hmm. And I can see how... I could see those values kind of revealing themselves in their priority in my life as I look back at some of those decisions. Okay, well, this is, I see that that happened because this value rose to the top there, whether I realize it in the moment or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't realize it, do we? We don't know. And we talk about the fact that values can change. They can shift. Most don't. I mean, hey, kindness gets its prop because kindness made the list. I mean, it's a it real did. thing. It did. And it does matter to me. And it has always mattered to me, but I think it matters more to me at this stage of my life. I I see it more. Mm. I'm more aware of it than I probably was 20 years ago. Okay. Are you comfortable as we dive into each of these values? Yeah. Okay. Basically, to give you just an idea, we're going to 
hit the values, maybe the top five, depending on our time and where it goes. And then we'll take a look at overall how the mechanics of these values are working in your life. Okay. So tell me, why is spiritual growth important to you? That I think is just because um, we talked a little bit about this last time that I want to live a life that shows gratitude to Jesus for my salvation and for who he is and what he did for me and for all of us. And the best way to do that, I think, is to be always in a state of spiritual growth. You know, we never get there wherever there is. We don't get there. And so continuing to be in my own time with scripture and prayer and having worship and being taught and led through a pastor and a group, like those things are very important to me to keep moving that spiritual growth meter in my life. And because I feel like too, like if I am really trying to live the most Christ-like life I can live and under no circumstances am I perfect or do I get it right? Even most of the time, every decision I make is going to come from something that I from somehow, from some way, from spiritual growth for me. So, okay. So I just hear this is kind of a real big motor that touches a lot of things. And so how do you see it even impacting where you are this moment today doing this podcast? For me, I mean, that's so simple. It's simple. Like it's just knowing that I have a purpose as a child of God, I have a purpose and God wants me to walk in that purpose. He gave it to me. And so trying to uncover that using connect the dots and coaching with you to help find that clarity and get that understanding is helping me to grow and understand that purpose, which is spiritual growth. Yeah. Spiritual growth means so much to different people. I mean, we're, we're what we're doing here is we're walking through words and words have different meaning to everybody. And so I just want to make sure that I'm capsulizing Spiritual growth for you is the process of living a life that shows gratitude to Jesus for what he's done and that you're always in a state of this process. Does that sound like that? And I, and I should say, and, and growing closer to Jesus in that as well, like growing yeah. closer in my relationship with Jesus. Okay. So that is actually part of the process, right? Right. Okay. I don't I love- think you can have spiritual growth without also growing closer to Jesus. They're they're a little, they go together. At least I feel like they go together. Yeah, because what's the opposite of spiritual growth? Stagnation. And what if you were to continue down the the opposite way of that road? Where would that take someone? Oh, like abandonment, like almost a, a death of sorts. Julie, I think, I mean, we all have a choice every day about where we're going to go, you know, are we turning toward Jesus? Are we, are we turning away? Mm -hmm. And so I love the fact that uh, you have him in front of you and that's where you want him all the time is to be able to see him move toward him, listen to him, hear him, worship him. That's beautiful. Thanks. I love it. All right. Uh, Tell me about number two, integrity. That, oh, that is so important to me. Um, it's important to me that that I see it in my life, that I am someone who is a person of my word, who, and this is one of those values I feel like embodies so many of these other things, who is full of honesty and truth and kindness and love and operating not out of self, but out of love for others and, and being honest in that. And so, and I want that not just to be who I am, but I want to surround myself with people of integrity, with organizations of integrity, you know, with businesses of integrity. I want to make sure that I can support to the best of my ability the people who seek that, who value integrity, whether it's in their lives or in their business and what they do. Integrity is big. And I love how you say it really encapsulates a lot of the other stuff. It's a component piece. If we're looking at the order of stuff, integrity is being informed by what? Spiritual growth, right? Right. I mean, so it naturally 
is going to want to be surrounded by others and surrounded by organizations and surrounded by things that are going to impact and be impacted by the process of your spiritual growth. So yeah, I love that. Next. Honesty. Honesty. Yeah. And it was interesting, this, um, this work, this, um, assessment really made me have to think about the difference between honesty and truth because mm. for a long time, I just assumed those two things were the same and they kind of are, but they're also not, um, they can, they are different. And so, but I feel like honesty kind of really goes in line with integrity, you know, being, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I think I ex- expect a lot more, honesty from other people, then I expect myself to be honest with myself. Mm. And so that's, that, a real, that's a really good insight. And that's a tough one. Because, uh, you know, sometimes people will say that you get frustrated with others or you're jealous of others because you see something in them that you want for yourself that maybe you don't have. Or that, and so I'm like, oh, well, that's probably why. Because sometimes there are some areas where I feel like I need to be a little more honest with myself, but I hold I hold other people to a higher standard of honesty. So there's that. There's that. That's really charitable for you to just fess that up, girl. I'm just saying. But it's you know, honesty, <laughs> it's honesty. Oh my gosh. And I love the fact that you recognize, okay, I've got high standards. This is kind of what I bring. So on the flip side of that, where can you be unkind in your honesty with yourself? Do you get what I'm saying? Where do you deny maybe something that you could be honest about? I think sometimes um, maybe I don't give myself proper credit for some things that I do well. You know, I, I tend to, I, you know, if I'm attempting to do something or I have a goal I'm working towards and maybe I miss the mark in the time that I had set for myself, but that doesn't mean I've missed the mark altogether. Like I will be, instead of being like, okay, you just need a little more time on this, or maybe you goofed off a little bit here. So you didn't finish it at this point, but you can still finish it more. So myself will say to myself, wow, you're really not good at this. You know, you're, you're not going to, you know, and so it's, you're not going to be able to do this. So it's being able to discern between those two voices Mm -hmm. and just be honest with myself about the situation instead of coming down on myself and discrediting myself. Yeah. I mean, we looked at two roads to integrity and here we have being honest with yourself in both good and I'm going to say the word critical. Uh, There's kind of a negative connotation to that, but- Constructive. constructive. I like constructive. Yes. And so how much of a part do you think self-compassion could play into the honesty that you want to seek in yourself? Oh, I think that could play a huge part. A yeah. huge part. I've By never utilizing your value of honesty to give yourself the truth yeah, I think honesty is a great tool for self-compassion. What do you think you need to get beyond to get there and use honesty in that situation? I think that I would be more compassionate with myself if I was more honest with myself. There we like go. If I, if I was willing to face up to the fact that, and you know, like if I'm going to, spend X amount of dollars on eating out this month and I'm, you know, logging everything appropriately in my budget app until I go over. And then I'm like, well, I'm just not going to log it. So then I won't have to see it. It doesn't change the fact that I've gone over and mm-hmm. that that's going to have a, you know, effect. So if I think if I would just be honest with myself and be like, Hey, you, you went over, you do this all the time. Let's figure out why I would probably have a little more compassion for myself instead of just being fearful of, acknowledging the parts of myself that I don't want to be honest about to myself. Yeah, I do love that. That's a really good example. That's a great example, Julie. Denial is the opposite of of not being honest or a lot of opposites of honesty. All right. So I love the fact that using honesty can boost your self-compassion. I do too, because that 
I don't think that it, you think about it on paper like that. Like you think, oh, if I have to be honest with myself that I go over in my budget in these categories every single month, then I have to reassess. And then I feel like I'll, I think you assume you're going to come down on yourself and you're going to, you know, feel really bad. But at the end of the day, it's not, you can, it's about setting different boundaries and, and mm-hmm. finding that compassion for yourself and, and that why. So yeah, that's, yeah. I like that perspective a lot. I do too. And so do you mind if I then skip over self-discipline? Let's jump to truth because you bundled these guys up early on, distinguishing the difference. Because sometimes I think when we're honest, we think we're being honest, but we're not using the truth. And so, okay, what did this exercise help you see about the difference between honesty and truth? I think that it made me see the kind of differentiate between honesty, like speaking honestly, telling, telling the the truth, being honest with yourself, honest with others versus kind of seeing the truth as more of factual evidence Mm -hmm. and almost like, I think, (laughs) I think because of all the true crime I listen to, I just, uh, truth and justice are pretty synonymous with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, I mean, not always, but I feel like there's, there's a lot of justice in the truth, you know? So, yeah, there is. And so I love how you split that out. Truth is being factual or something empirical or something that you can point to. Speaking honestly, though, can get loop-de-looped into just opinion, right? Yes, right, right. There is a difference between honesty and truth. And I think, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the truth I think that you're talking about is different than, oh, my truth. This is my reality. This is my truth. You said truth for you was, hey, this is factual. The sky is blue. And what's true is I overran my budget. I'm not being honest about it because one thing or another. Yeah, because I can say, truth, facts say that I overran my budget. But if I don't want to acknowledge that or I don't want to have to think, yeah, acknowledge it, then um, I can feel like I'm being honest with myself because if I haven't looked at it, then I don't really know. What that's right, you know, and so sneaky value, yeah. (laughs) So I can still feel like I'm being honest with myself because I haven't looked at it, but the truth of the matter is, is that's what happened, yeah. And so, what is harder and more important to you is to actually let's be honest about what this truth is, exactly. Yes, you know, honesty is almost like a like where truth to me is hard and concrete, honesty is almost like a well, kind of like a motivation or it's a, it's not an emotion, but it's a little, it's more vague. You know, it's, it's a feeling. I feel like I'm being honest with you, okay. you know. I kind of sense that it's related to character. Yeah. And the feeling is honesty completely plugged into integrity. And so them not being honest would give you that not good feeling. Right. Yeah. All right. Then here's the thing about these values. If anyone out there picks the word truth and you mean that it's your truth, then that's what it is for you. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And so as we lay out these definitions, these are Julie's definitions. These are how they're landing on her. That's why I'm asking her what I think is truth may be totally different. So there's no Webster's definition that we're going by with any of these words. She picked these words because they resonate a certain way with her and they meant a certain thing. And so she distinguished that truth for her was factual and that honesty was different. So if these words are different for you, then that is good and that is okay. You just knowing what they are is what the process is here. So anything else you want to say about truth, Julie? No. All right. Shall we jump back to self-discipline? <laughs> <laughs> um, self-discipline is um, something that I have a lot of admiration for. Like when I think about the people who I admire, whether it's personally, professionally, 
they are people who seem to have a ton of self-discipline. And it's something that I feel like I'm always working on in my life. And it's interesting because when I share this with people, like if I say to a friend, I'm really trying to be more disciplined, I'm always surprised at the number of people who say, well, I think you're one of the most disciplined people I know. I can concur. Let me just concur (laughs) that this is not a surprise that that this is in your top five. So, (laughs) but I think it in doing this, this work again, it kind of goes back to, I would tell you, I need more self-discipline in my budget because I know I'm constantly going over my eating out budget, but I don't want to be honest with myself about it. So it's hard to build self-discipline with yourself when you don't want to be honest with yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that's why, like, I I still admire other people that have it because, you know, it's interesting. I say that as I'm, all these thoughts are going through my head as I'm saying these things to you, because I'm guessing probably the people that I think are super self-disciplined also have the secret area or two in their lives where there is no self-discipline. And just to me on the outside, it looks like they have it across the board and I'm trying to get that. And that's probably not attainable. <laughs> And right, self-discipline, there are, we are holistic beings, right? And there's self-discipline in body, there's self-discipline in mind, heart, soul. I mean, it spans so much and we can certainly have a better ability in one area over than the other. So I like the fact that you're bringing up, hey, someone who's self-disciplined, may not be self-disciplined all over the place. They may be self-disciplined with their daily routine, but not in other areas of their life. Yeah. 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 And I think that's just true because none of us are perfect, right? Nobody's going to have it across the board. But but I do admire self-discipline a lot because I feel like the people, at least for me, for me, the people who have parts of their lives that I would like to incorporate into my life, whether it's their prayer life or um, how they excel at work or how they find time to do all the volunteering. They seem to have a lot of self-discipline to make those things happen in their life. And so that's why I put so much value in it is because I want to excel at the things that are of value to me in my life. So if you admire those with self-discipline, what is it that is the result of self-discipline that you admire? Success. What I view as success. Everybody's mm-hmm. definition of success is different. But what I view as success. Okay. So that's interesting. Success did not make it on your list. It did not. It did not. Yet so closely tied to self-discipline is success. So success actually is on your list by virtue of self-discipline. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. And I hear you admiring people who put the work in to succeed. Right. Right. That type of person, the character. Yeah, the yeah, and, and again, not not meaning that um, you're at the top of the Forbes list of the most wealthy people, but people who like say it's important to me to live generously, whether that's giving up my time or giving up my money, making sure that they take the actions in their life that allow them to do those things. Mm-hmm. If if you know if that's important to them they would have to carve out the time for their, those priorities. And it takes some discipline to do that when there are so many things in the world and in our lives pulling for our attention. And so when I look at the people who I think are so great at living generously, I know it takes that self-discipline. And I know though that they feel successful about doing it because that's what they want for their life. And that brings them joy. And they success is, I wish there was, I wish success wasn't always so tied with things of, money and power, you know, because mm-hmm. when you say that there's been success, there has been effectiveness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good. So self-discipline, once again, a character attribute. It's, I mean, all these words are building the people that we are. Yes. 
So, okay, we did truth. Let's go. Friendship. Tell me why is that important or valuable to you? Because community is so important to me. Having someone, even if it's just one person to do life with, we need, we're, we're, we were built for community. We were built for relationship. And so having that support, having that person you can vent to, having someone who can cry with you, pray with you, laugh with you, you know, that is just, we need those people in our lives because when we try to hold it all in, even something like yesterday, something really funny happened in my life. And I was like looking around at who can I tell this to <laughs> who would appreciate this with me? Because, you know, you just want there's that innate thing inside of us that wants to share whatever it is. And so it's just having that friendship, having that person or those, those people in my life. And I think too, for me, because I live so far from my actual family, mm. friendship means so much to me because they are my family here. And mm -hmm. so I'm hearing you say, because family's not here, you do a lot of operating through friendship and through the people in your life, even just wanting to reach out and share with somebody about something funny that happened. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And to you, I feel like I have heard this a lot in the past year or two about, and maybe it's because my son is, he's 16 and he's getting older. And so the relationship that we have is changing, but just how the parent child relationship changes. And, you know, there comes a point when you do feel like, oh, I actually have a friendship with this person. And so I think about my family and not, you know, there's that thing, you you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. You know? mm -hmm. And so when I think about building actual friendships with my brother and my sister and my dad, you know, like for me, in some ways, that even means more to me than just the fact that they're family. Oh, Julie, that is beautiful because you're choosing. Right. Your value of friendship is I'm choosing you and you're my family, but I'm choosing you as a friend. What a beautiful explanation because you're choosing them as well. The very characteristics of what, what friendship is and brings is what you're inviting family into. Yeah. yeah. You choose them. I love it. That's beautiful. No, I didn't say they choose me, Karen. But well, they I, have you. <laughs> they do. And they're lucky to have you, girl. They're lucky to have you. Okay. We are down to communication. Is that number seven? It is. Okay. Tell me. How does communication make the list? What does it mean? Yeah. Gosh, I, um, this is probably the one thing that I feel like is consistent over every part of my life. Like if you look at my life, communication is important in, in all those areas because I, I have unfortunately learned in life that when you do not communicate well with others, things just kind of crumble and fall. Like communication is so important, whether it's, you know, to, to your family or your, your spouse or to, you know, your coworker, like you have to communicate, you have to keep those lines open and let people know what's going on. Let them know what you need. Let them, you know, just communication builds relationships. And so when you don't have that, that foundation is not great and tends to be very susceptible to other things that can make it crumble. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, it's heartening to know that our CRO, our chief relationship officer, <laughs> has got friendship on her list and the importance of healthy communication. Yes. Well, and I do have a degree in it. So. <laughs> oh, there we go. And so what you're talking about is healthy communication that leaves open channels and honors others yes. and builds friendships. Yeah. Intentional communication. Yeah. It's interesting and important to distinguish the fact of, hey, everybody communicates. Yes. How you communicate is the key and doing right. that intentionally and healthy. Oh, that's great. And you say that you have unfortunately learned the value that good communication brings from having not done that that well. Yes. Yeah. We're all yeah. in a queue for that one, Julie. <laughs> that was a long line. 
I love it. So open, healthy communication made the list. All right. All right. Number eight. Oh, here we go. Let's talk budget, financial <laughs> security. Here it is again. Um, <laughs> you know, I in no way grew up where I didn't have all my needs met. You know, like I, I realized that I grew up in, in a version of privilege that a lot of people don't have. However, I also wasn't really taught a lot about money. I'm pretty sure the only thing that was ever told to me was just don't spend more than what you have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even growing up in a Christian family, they didn't, we didn't talk about tithing. We didn't talk about mm-hmm. savings. We just, it was just not, it was just not discussed. Yeah. And so, but there was a lot of um, weight put into money. It's very, very interesting. Um, and so I did not always make the best financial choices growing up. And then there were times where I just didn't make enough money to do all the things financially that I wanted to do or needed to do. You know, we're in a time when we're recording this where inflation is high mm-hmm. and things, you know, prices are going up and stuff. And so you just think about all the things that you need. And it can be very scary to think down the road, like when, if I'm unable to work or when I want to stop working, you know, will I have the financial means that I need to live the kind of life that I want to live or to not have to be, you know, not have to be working until I'm 80 years old if I don't want to. That's right. And so just that feeling of security and trying to, I feel it really heavy now because I'm trying to catch up at a later state in life. And the, I mean, the best part of it, I think, is that you can catch up. Like there is, like, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm doomed. But I also feel a weight to share with my own son all the importance of financial security. And, you know, where we live is a very wealthy part of the state that we live in. There, I'm certainly not in the top ranks of the, <laughs> of the people who live near and around me, but I don't ever want him to feel entitled. I want him to understand the importance of money, how the, the, the ways to use it in good ways, how to, you know, to save. And so just to pass along and make sure that he has the knowledge that I didn't have Mm -hmm. so that he can then carry that on with others around him. So I just hear everything you're saying. I, I love the perspective that you have. Hey, I grew up with having stuff. I don't want my son to feel entitled, I want him to know, you know, where this comes from. And then even your foresightedness to say, hey, down the road, I want to be able to to be secure in my finances so that when I am ready to retire, I can retire. So this is number eight on the list. What gets in the way of this? Because we've mentioned and you used examples of your behavior doesn't necessarily match up with the value of the list. And so this is an interesting point because sometimes we have values that we aspire to Mm -hmm. and that's important that we're working toward and that we aspire to. Sometimes we pick values that are shoulds in our life. Some, you know, for anyone doing this assessment, be very aware of, oh, I suppose I should be this. Oh, I suppose I should be that. Those do not help you. What's helping you is understanding what you're actually doing in your life. So for time, is it okay if we stop with defining here and just get into some broad questions about how these operate in your life? This is number eight on the list. Let's just park here for a minute and talk about the challenge of the budget. And this is a value. So tell me about that challenge. Sometimes. I let my short-term moment take precedent over my long-term vision. Or I lie to myself and say, you got plenty of time left. Mm. You can can make this up down the line. Okay. Okay. Which which we all know is not true. (laughs) So an honesty is way up there. And we've talked about some strategies of just being honest with yourself of both good and bad saying, Hey, my time's running out for the, not that your time's running out, Julie, you're a young woman, <laughs> you're young, people can't see you. You're a young woman to, to tell yourself that, you know, you'll, you'll make this up. But the, the now 
is what's important. So why do you imagine that this, which is a value on your list and honesty, which is a value on your list is not being lived out in this area? Hmm. That's a great question. I think the only, gosh, if I'm being honest, the only answer I can come up with is that whenever, whenever I fail at this, it's because whatever it is in that moment, I'm putting more of a priority on than this. Yeah, that's exactly it. Whenever we have a a challenge with a value, there is something more important than that value. I mean, we all have temptations, but you hit it on the head. The reason this isn't being lived out is because there's something more important. The quest there is going after why is that more important than my financial security? At the end of the day, it's actually not more important. Like if I were to stop myself in that moment and say, is, you know, buying this outfit really more important than your financial security down the road? If I stopped in the moment to think about it, I would be like, oh, no, no, it's not. No, no. Because probably in a month, I'm going to not even want to wear that outfit, (laughs) you know, or, you know, and it's interesting that in talking about this, the two areas I think where I struggle the most about being honest with myself and my lack of self-discipline are the two areas where I choose something in the moment versus what I want long-term. And then not wanting to ask myself the question, the hard question in the moment of, hey, this is really more important than your long-term goal for this. Because when I do ask myself the question, I'm successful in those moments. Because sometimes I do. Yeah. There we go. I do. Yeah. Okay. So are you willing to do a little exercise here? Yes. I think. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So you said that. If you wanted to retire when you're 80 years old, imagine yourself at your retirement age, whatever that is. Okay. Picture yourself right here. Do you see her? Mm-hmm. Our, our elderly ginger with, with streaks of beautiful gray and this her beautiful red hair. Podcast friends, I'm just giving you a glimpse of how beautiful Julie is. And I say, so you see her, right? Mm-hmm. Now. What's hard in the moment is to actually see the impact of our choice down the road. And so if you can see her dressed in something a whole lot better than what you're going to pull off that rack, right? Right. And if you say to yourself, this is a favor to my future self, putting it on the rack. That's what it is. It's a favor to your future self. And that's what's hard is because we're so far in the future that we can't grasp it and see it. But if you can see yourself dressed to the nines, a sharp, fashionable retiree, and you say, this is a favor that I'm doing for my future self. In the moment, we'll typically say no, no, and we'll deny ourselves. right? Yes. yes. We deny ourselves, And deny ourselves never feels good. No, it doesn't. No, but if you delay it, it, that's the self-discipline. That's just self-discipline is delaying it, right? Yes. And so if you're not denying yourself, you're just delaying that gratification for your future self. I love that, Karen. That self-discipline is just delaying it. Because mm-hmm. I think about so many times in my life when I have been praying for something and praying for something and praying for something and waiting on God and waiting on God and waiting on God and hearing so many pastors, Bible teachers just say, you know, delay is not denial. Mm. And so that's immediately what came to mind as you were saying that. Oh, that's a beautiful tag to put on the end of that. Doing a favor, I'm doing a favor for my future self and delay is not denial. One of my... um so I do these affirmations every morning, right? And, and um, one of them is, because this is something I'm working on in my life, is I am making decisions for my strongest future self. Oh, see, you already have her. You already have her. This isn't something new that we just did here. You no, got your... No, but it is because, again, helping me to think about that self-discipline is not denying myself something. It's just delaying something. That makes it not feel like I, I don't like to tell myself no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one does. 
Yes. I mean, it's easy to say no. Like if, if you were to say, hey, you want to go rob a bank with me? Well, no, no, I do not want to do that. Like I can tell you no, I can tell me no in that moment. But when it's something, saying no to something that sounds good or fun, you know, is, is hard. It's very hard for me. You know, it yeah. could be some Trader Joe's JoJo's or it could be, you know, going out to eat when I really don't need to or any, you know, any of those things. And so if I think about it, though. Because like when I tell myself I'm making decisions for my strongest future self, again, I'm still thinking, well, you know, all things considered, I probably got a few years. So I got some time to still make my strongest future self. Mm -hmm. But when I think about it in a delaying something, not denying myself, it just um, it helps me to see that and, and to think about my strongest future self in a different way to make it feel more in this moment versus like I've never really pictured myself who she is down the, who I am down the line. Like I think about who I want to be as a, as a person, as a, as a, the qualities of me and the things I want to have, but I've never like really thought about what I look like. And so you having me, you describing me, being able to visualize her, I think will me, her uh-huh. <laughs> will be very, will be helpful. And as I continue to work on these things yeah. as well. So, I mean, I just want to resonate in here with, you know, I don't like telling myself no. Right. And <laughs> so it works in to say, you know, delay is not denial, but when I am in good form, I will say, where is my yes? So I always have a, all right, that's a no, I choose no, you know, so it's not somebody telling me no, it's my choice. And then I look for where is my yes? And what we're seeing here is your yeses down the road. So I can't speak to the JoJo's, you know, don't come to me to get support to put them back on the shelf. I'm just so sorry. <laughs> you know, I do know who my friends are. You were saying, you know, where does where does this financial security, like where does this tie back into any of these other things? And I want to be, well, like those friendships, some of them, <laughs> you know, because I do know the friends who will enable me to eat the JoJo's. Mm. Do you know where to go if I want somebody to support me? All right. As we look at this list, does the order of it bring about any insights to you? A little bit. There are, there are some things more in the middle that I'm like, oh, I, I think if I were just to look at this, I would switch some things around. But I think, you know, at the top, spiritual growth at the top feels completely right to me. And, um, you know, having friendship in the middle feels, feels pretty right to me as well. But like, we didn't talk about it, but personal growth is right up there. I would, I would have thought that I would have come up closer to the top for me. Kind of like I, I put like personal growth and self-discipline kind of together. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, I could make a case exactly for why these things are this way, you know? So, so how would you say these values are reflected in your life? Oh gosh. Um, I would say like, like I pretty much live these things out. You know, if anybody who knows me, you know, knows how important my relationship is with Jesus. I don't think that anyone would say that I'm dishonest. People know that I'm pretty disciplined about most things (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Yes. You know, and you hear me talk about my friends all the time. You see them on my social media. So you know that friendship is important to me. My son would tell you I over communicate. So he, you know, like, yeah, I just think that, you know, for most of these things, people would just be like, oh, yeah, she does this. She's always working on herself. She's always looking to learn something more, something new. Like she's, you know, I just, I feel like I live them. I feel like they're just daily in my life. Yeah. And a good barometer for that, I mentioned earlier, sometimes we have shoulds that we put on these lists. Mm -hmm. And, that's not the goal here. It's just actually to see. I mean, I think in conversation and in this session, we can see how honesty is important and that by utilizing that in the area of budget and financial security, that value alone can help drive progress there, right? Yes. What do you imagine God has to say about your values? I think he would say that I've got good ones on my list. I think yeah, he would think say so. that they're they're pretty in line, that I'm on the right track. How do you imagine he could use these values? 
maybe to inspire other people to seek similar values in their own life, or if they feel like they have those same values to how they can express them in their lives. Just like when I think about the people, when I was talking about people I admire who have a lot of self-discipline, you know, like I, I see those people, whether they know it or not, that I see that in them and, and I want to, you know, emulate that in my own life. So in the same way that I, if, you know, if someone sees me living out friendship in a good way, I mean, well, I have had, I have had people say to me, your group of friends just is incredible. And I wish I had friendships like that. And so being able to talk about with someone, well, this is how we built that. This is, mm. you know, how our friend group operates, mm-hmm. you know, and then being able to say, who do you know that's like that in your life or helping direct them to where they can find like-minded people to build those friendships with. So I think just, you know, being able to take the values that I have and when I encounter people of a like mind to be able to share about how to build on those values in your life. Yeah. We talked about aspiring values. I want this. God wants this for me. This is something on this list that just keeps coming up and I need to like focus on it, be responsible to it, rip muscle to it and make it stronger. What would you say as you look at your list, how much, what percentage is just natural and what percentage do you need to work at? Probably it's probably 85% natural. Okay. And then, well, maybe 80. Okay. 80% natural and probably 20% that I need to work on. Okay. And so now with the order of these values, there are consequences to the order of our values. And values are morally neutral. So if we take the value of loyalty, you can have a spouse that's the value is loyalty. You can have gang members whose value are loyalty. And so values are neutral and morally neutral and can be used in any form or fashion. Let's say financial security is a driver. And so people can stay in jobs that they hate or are not fulfilled with because the financial security is a really strong and high value on their list. So sometimes the order of our values doesn't necessarily mean that we are happy or that it brings peace. Mm -hmm. Is there any value here that has been just so strong for you that it's hurt in other areas? Oh, um, Well, I've had to, I've had to let some friendships go because of my value for things like honesty and integrity. Yeah. And so can you see, Julie, the order? Yes. Yes. Specifically speaks to, hey, integrity is a big part of my life. If you're not integral and if you're not, uh, these are, these are character traits of people that I need to be around. and. If that's not going to happen, that friendship will not happen. So I love that example. There are limits to what we will do in relationship. And your limits are very clearly stated here. Mm -hmm. All those things come before friendship. Yes. All right. So this, this whole collection of your values that makes up Julie is there any scripture that maybe reflects or just comes to mind when you think of this cocktail of values? Yeah, I think about, and I don't know what the address is, but, and I'm not going to quote it correctly, but let your yes be yes mm. and your no be no. Oh, I love it. Because when I'm saying yes to any of these values in my life, when I truly let my yes be yes and I follow that, yes, I choose spiritual growth. Yes, I choose friendship. Then, then I'm, then most likely I'm living those values to the best that I can. You know, obviously mm-hmm. there'll be moments where you have to choose which one sometimes where they might conflict, like we were talking about with friendship and integrity. Mm-hmm. But when you're, cho- you know, 
when you really look at the one that matters the most and you say yes to that thing, you know, it's like, like your yes, yes. And like, just thinking to you about and being honest with myself, if I'm saying, as I'm going to eat the Jojo, Julie, do you really need this Jojo? Is this going to help you be living and thriving into your eighties? If my answer is no, no, then don't eat it. Let, let my, let my yes to my future self be yes. And let my no be no and, and walk away from it, you know? And I just feel like that applies pretty much to any of these. (laughs) All right. I love that. The JoJo's in your future self. You've got her now. You see what she looks like. Will this JoJo contribute to your future self in whatever form or fashion, right? Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Oh my goodness. I love that. So as we look at the session today and everything that came up, what has landed most on you, either by revelation or confirmation? The deep need I have to be truly honest with myself. Yeah, we spent a little time in there, didn't we? We Seeing just how impactful that honesty can make in just different areas of your life. Yeah, I love love that for you. I do too. Honesty connected to self-compassion. Yes. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is in an all around self-compassion. That's what we got going there. When when we're talking self-compassion, it's just this whole... This whole thing that the Holy Spirit just orchestrates. So, yeah. yeah. So being brave and being honest, I hear that. Yes. I hear that. Good. Okay. So is that your takeaway or is there any other takeaway? Uh, No, I think that's my takeaway. Okay. And I'll just go ahead and say that's going to be my action item this week. Okay. Is in those moments, because I can tell you just thinking about the rest of my day today, I'm going to have an opportunity to think about future future Julie. (laughs) Future Julie. And ask her what her yes is. So that's going to be my action item is to really be present in those moments to, to stop and pause and, you know, ask myself, is this a decision for my stronger future self? What is my yes to you? And think about picture myself, you know, picture 80 year old Julie and what she would want to do. Yeah. And just be prepared if the answer is yes the jojo wins right now yeah and that's okay it's okay it is okay it is okay because there's nothing the matter with jojos no they're delicious (laughs) it's they are if i'm hungry and and have a dessert one jojo that's fine but if i'm seeking to fill myself with something other than that spiritual growth process of looking at jesus and going to him for everything that you need the jojo is not Jesus. So, no, or, yeah, or if I'm just bored or I just yeah. open the pantry to get out something while I'm making dinner and the Jojo is there, that does not mean, you know, or even yeah. choosing like if I have the Jojo now, knowing that this holiday party I'm going to later, then I probably have to skip a dessert at the holiday, you know, making those choices and choices. the concessions that have to come from what is my yes. Yeah. Because you're, these are all choices, right? right. Nobody's making you do anything here. This yeah. is, you're choosing this for what your values yeah. are saying. This is a perfect close to this is how values impact our life. It's like, no, not the JoJo. Now I'm going to the holiday party and I'm going to give myself space to enjoy the party with whatever is going to be there mm-hmm. because self-discipline, health, all the stuff that you value is a part of that. I love that example. Great example. Okay. You're doing your moments with your future self. That's your action. And you're going to be present in that and do future self, Julie. How about you work on your summary? Yes. Yes. For next time. Yes. Man, you did a great job with your last one. Thank you. This is just really building so beautifully. Any other action steps? No, this is going to be a lot. <laughs> I know. Okay. So you know, the most important thing, the most powerful thing happens after the call because 
Jesus is in the week ahead. And so lo and behold, you've got a week ahead of walking with, with the spirit and uh, moving out. And your next step is actually to take all these pieces, putting it together. And so we'll be talking about purpose and meaning and mission and just kind of shaping that all up into what that looks like for you. So it will be exciting. The next session will definitely yes. be as exciting. All right, let's give thanks to Jesus. Okay. Thanks for tuning in again, friend. I hope you enjoyed learning how values operate and how God met Julie in her values with a smidge of conviction and a whole lot of compassion. Next week, be poised for the coming together of all Julie's summaries as we pull together the first draft of her mission statement. I hope you are finding this exploration doable and that you're inspired to dig deeper yourself. If that's something you're interested in, you can start with my free values assessment on my website at karenhumphreys.com. More details are provided in the show notes. I encourage you to ask a friend or your spouse to do the values assessment with you. It will give each of you a huge insight into the other and set up a great conversation about what's important to each of you. So until next week, live on purpose and glorify God. Mm -hmm.